are listening to the Careers for You podcast, the podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at BU. Today, I chat to Ellen Logan. She's a senior consultant at Grad Consult. Ellen has been involved in many recruitment campaigns in early careers, and in today's episode, she provides an insider's view of what recruiters are looking for. We chat about the early stages of the application process, including CVs, applications, as well as applicant tracking systems. Okay, welcome, Ellen, to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Can you just introduce yourself and where you're from, please? Yeah, of course. So thank you for having me. Um, So my name's Ellen Logan. I'm a senior consultant for a company called Grad Consult. I'm actually from Bournemouth originally, so it's lovely to kind of be on this podcast and supporting students at Bournemouth University. My brother is actually currently doing a master's at Bournemouth University. Amazing. So I have a very, very strong connection to to BU and Bournemouth Generally. Um, but I actually moved away from Bournemouth when I was 18. I went up to Sheffield, which is where I live now, to study politics and philosophy. Um, and then, like lots of people in careers, my career did not go in the way that I thought it would. I <laughs> fell into higher education and uh, graduate labour market and kind of recruitment, I suppose, through that, um, working for a company called Prospects in Manchester for a long time, where I worked on graduate labour market research. I then did a graduate program myself at the University of Manchester, where I was leading on uh, a variety of projects across different departments, running projects from start to finish. And then I joined the Grad Consult team in 2019. And I've been working for them since then, really, on and off. I had a a two-year gap where I did a bit of traveling and working as a freelancer and remotely from my van in Europe, but I'm back. What were you doing from your van? (laughs) So I was actually supporting recruitment campaigns. As long as you've got a computer and Wi-Fi, you can can do work really from wherever these days. I delivered a a multi-day conference uh, for Lush, an ethical consumer, as well as uh, supporting Grad Consult, who I'm working for now full-time um with careers development and also recruitment so uh, a slightly interesting kind of turn in my career getting to work remotely and travel whilst I was doing it which was a really amazing experience but I'm now back working as a senior consultant for Grad Consult based in Sheffield but travel around the country quite a lot essentially talking to people like you working with students with graduates discussing um the key skills they need to help them get into into jobs and what the kind of the labour market looks like. Excellent. You've had a really interesting career so far, haven't you? And uh, and it obviously hasn't been particularly linear, which is, again, quite normal. Absolutely. And it's one of the things that I actually really encourage people. I think we're moving away from linear careers, actually. Um, and we always talk about seizing upon the unexpected and actually being open to new opportunities. Um, and actually, that's a really key skill. I think we can map out our careers and and in in this very linear way but actually often that doesn't work out um and especially if you're doing subjects you know like myself I did politics and philosophy there's I'm not gonna be I'm not a politician (laughs) um there are you know some some people went into politics but actually it's about the skills that you develop from those types of jobs actually you can go almost anywhere and I think having that openness to explore and and try new things is 
is really critical in terms of developing new skills and actually finding amazing opportunities. Um, so I always encourage people, you know, try something new and you never know where you're going to end up. Yeah, great, great bit of advice there. So you're working for Grad Consult. So as an organisation, what does Grad Consult do? So Grad Consult is an independent consultancy company that essentially bridges the gap between universities and the world of employment. So from the university point of view, we work with most universities in the UK, supporting students and graduates with um, learning and development, developing the kind of the really key skills that they need to get great jobs and also supporting them through recruitment processes, giving them the information, the key skills and and information that they need to really perform well in a recruitment campaign. Um, But we also work with career services as well. So we support in terms of learning and development for career services and senior team. And we also um, support sometimes in terms of development of strategy. So what kind of key strategy, key focuses for career services to really support their students and their graduates in the best possible way. But we also work with employers. So we work in terms of learning and development with companies themselves, so supporting them to support their staff and develop effective strategies to do this. But we also run large-scale recruitment campaigns on behalf of companies. We also support companies in developing their early career programs and early kind of learning and development programs. So an example of that might be we're we're working with Vinted. Loads of people have got the Vinted app at the moment. We're supporting them with their um, early careers development programs, so supporting their graduate program and their intern program. So it's really, really varied, but it's a lot around that recruitment and early careers support, as well as that high level strategy in terms of learning and development. Excellent. So yeah, a whole variety of different projects going on. It sounds really interesting. Um, and I get that's kind of why I'm, you know, I asked you to come onto the podcast, wasn't it? Because actually. What I thought it would be really good to be talking about is those application processes in the early career sector. So for you know what sort of application stages do graduates go through and also how best to make a best the best application. So we're going to be focusing hopefully today on kind of this, the CVs, the applications, um, those kind of initial that initial stage of the application process. But Obviously, you got you're so experienced in graduate recruitment, um, and you said you run uh, recruitment campaigns. What stages does a graduate typically go through as part of a graduate recruitment process? Yeah, of course. So it, it can really vary. So the the recruitment processes that we typically run, there tends to be the initial application stage, which is normally a CV uploading uh, there might be a cover letter but quite often for us it's um it's about cv screening so there'll be a cv um, we then often progress graduates then through next to a video interview so video interviews are used they're quite popular now that could be a live video interview where you have a an employer and you're face to face with an employer and they ask you live questions but quite often it's actually pre-recorded video interviews so the questions are there you get to read them you then have 30 Um, 30 seconds or 60 seconds to come up with an answer which you then record live occasionally you have an opportunity to re-record and have a couple of goes but often that's done live again to see how you perform under pressure Um, and then we often use assessment centers assessment centers are a really popular tool in in most graduate recruitment processes I would say Um, and then we would progress through to a final interview so typically that's our stages it's those kind of four stages the the cv uploading the video interview 
the assessment centre and then a final interview. And with graduate, with most graduate recruitment processes, typically you kind of cut down by about a third at each stage. So obviously the first stage, which is typically uploading a CV, is the one that we as a recruiter don't have as much control over. So you actually often have no idea how many applications are going to come through. It could be hundreds. It could be a handful. Um, So for us as a recruiter, it's really unpredictable. But also for graduates, that first stage is often statistically the most competitive. And then normally we would be going down the funnel. So say we were looking to hire about four graduates, you would be going up maybe a third at each stage. So you might be expecting around 50 or so for a, um, a video interview, 30 to 50. It can, again, really varies. Then maybe um, for the assessment centre, you'd be looking between 10 to 20. Again, it really depends on how many people you're looking to recruit. And then you'd probably be narrowing it down to try to get um, you know, five to eight people to a final interview. So that, I would say, is quite a typical graduate recruitment funnel, we call it. Um, but again, as I said, the most competitive stage statistically is that initial stage where you could be competing against hundreds. I mean, actually, I always say this when I speak to graduates, if you get through to a, an assessment centre, you've actually beaten out most people <laughs> at, that, at that point. So statistically, you've got a far better chance of, of, of getting the job. And actually, quite often, you'll be, you know, there's several people being hired. So your, your chances are even even more likely. Um, so that's quite a typical recruitment process. Again, that it, it varies from company to company, depending on the job, depending on the skills that they're looking for. Um, but I suppose that would be quite a typical one where we'd be looking for key key competencies and skills such as you know professionalism and and teamwork and communication. Those 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 are the kind of skills. Resilience is another really key one. So often graduate recruiters are, are looking for those key skills and competencies and then using a recruitment process to really try to pull those out from a candidate and see how they would essentially how they would perform in a job with those types of skills. Mm, okay. And I think it's good to note that like you said it does vary by employers. A lot of graduate schemes will have that process. I see quite a lot, the the video interview, the assessment centre. I see some employers that don't actually ask for a CV initially. Um, I have seen employers that they say that you fill in a very basic application form. It's not even like, a, you know, it's just the kind of basic questions. And then it, everyone gets invited for a video interview. Um, so I have seen that as well. But, you know, in your experience from when you're recruiting for different employers, typically they are asking for CVs, are they? Typically in, in companies that I'm working for and that we're supporting, um, a CV is a really effective way of getting those key skills and seeing, you know, do you have the key essential skills and criteria in order to progress you through to the next stage of the process? Um, ultimately, it's about filtering out the best candidates and a CV is still one of the best tools for doing that at that initial stage. So it's a really common one still in recruitment processes. But as we said, it really varies company to company. Some companies have huge amounts of resource as well. And other companies, you know, I've worked a lot with small to medium sized businesses. They don't have as much resource and and kind of manpower in terms of assessing. Um, so again, it's looking for the, for the best tools for them as a recruiter to try to find and filter out the best candidate for the job. And CVs are still really, really popular tool for that. And I guess for a for a student or for a graduate applying, it's all about reading the instructions, following the instructions. You know, what what are they asking for? What you know, do you need to be uploading a CV, a cover letter, or is it an application form and just following those instructions? So 
We'll talk about what you look for in a CV, which you've kind of mentioned about. What I just want to touch on as well is applicant tracking systems. So there's a lot online about applicant tracking systems and how to make a CV that's ATS friendly. (laughs) But do you use applicant tracking systems? Yeah, we have used applicant tracking systems. So essentially, it's a software or a system that recruiters and employers can use to track candidates through a recruitment process. They're a really effective tool for making recruitment easier for a recruiter. Um, you know, recruitment's often been done in a manual way in the past, and actually it's very time consuming. Uh, there's a lot of room for human error. You know, you might miss a CV that's been emailed to you. you. It goes to your junk email and you've not spotted it. They could be an amazing candidate. And, you know, for human error, you've not managed to spot that for some reason. Um, And essentially with an applicant tracking system, all the information will be uploaded into one system. So for us as a recruiter, it's much, much more, it's much easier to manage um, and and track candidates. Cool. Okay. So ultimately an ATS is is there to kind of keep all the CVs together, all the applicants together, and you can track them. Um, I guess the next stage that some employers use is it to scan CVs. So in your experience, have you ever used that part of an ATS? Have you used it where they scan through CVs? Yeah, no. So I know, I think there's a lot of conversation around how ATSs are being used. Again, they're quite a new phenomenon. So every recruiter is using them differently. In my experience with graduate recruitment, an ATS is being used and the way that we use it is to track and monitor candidates applications to be able to communicate with them through one system to be able to score them in one system so it's easier for us to process and no one falls through the gaps um it's also a way for us to uh, filter through unsuitable candidates so in the past when we haven't had a system like this actually you have to just read through a candidate's application and a cv and then you might get to the end and see that they don't have the right degree for example which could be really key component and actually because they don't have a degree that is required for that job you're not able to process them or perhaps there's a you know they need a driver license for the job there's there's often what we call key or killer criteria that candidates might need for a particular job and actually the way that we've used applicant tracking mm-hmm. systems is by having that killer criteria you have a checkbox that you have to tick if you have that so for example say you needed to drive to do this job you would have to tick the box to say that you could before you then upload your CV or cover letter, for example. So for us, as a recruiter, it means that we're then scoring candidates who we know we could progress rather than candidates we couldn't. So that's that's the way that typically we are using applicant tracking systems. There are companies out there that are using it to, to scan through to try and find key words or key criteria that they are looking for for particular jobs. Um, I think, again, it's starting to be used um, but it's I think a lot of the narrative out there is that it's, you know, all cam- all candidate applications are being screened by robots or artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. And actually that practically that's just not the case, actually, especially for graduate recruitment. Typically, it is a person who might be looking over it might be filtered in a way like I I've talked through the way that we do it. But often it is an actual person who's going to be looking and scoring but as I said the landscape around AI and applicant tracking systems is changing a lot so you know I could be saying this now in a month in three months six months time things could be really different you know stuff is progressing very quickly um but ultimately for us it's about what is the most effective system so that we can find the best candidates for the job and often 
at the moment, we're not using a, a scanning tool to do that. We're, we're kind of getting that key criteria there and then we're going through and we are the human scanners to see have you got that key information? Have you ticked the the kind of the key criteria that the job is outlined in their job description? Okay, great. So, so the applicant tracking systems used for the tracking the killer questions, so the specific key requirements of the job that you can straight away check for, you use that, which is more of a tick box. Um, and then for you guys, it's real people actually read over the CV. Yeah, so as I said, you know, that's the way that we're doing it. But there are some companies who are using AI to to screen or to filter. So for example, Unilever, very big global company, you know, they have thousands and thousands of applications every year for for jobs and, and and I know that they have been using AI I think that you know for the last five years they've been using that in terms of CV screening in terms of um, kind of psychometrics and games and also with video interviews but again it's what they're looking for and actually what whether it's a human or artificial intelligence using a video interview we're still looking for that key criteria we're looking to see whether you as a candidate has met the competencies that we're looking for and provided a really good example of how you've met that competency or how you've developed that skill. So for a candidate, really, it doesn't matter too much, I would say, whether it is artificial intelligence or a human that's looking for it. It's about demonstrating how you are the best candidate for the job and tailoring your application to do that at each stage of the process. Hmm. So how does an applicant know what an employer is looking for? What what should they be researching? What should they be looking at? So I always say that a job description is kind of like a key or a code or a bit of a map, really. And actually, most employers, not all, because obviously, we encourage best practice amongst employers. And but we but we know that, you know, there's still a lot of development out there in terms of the way that employers are communicating what they need from a candidate. But if you have got, um, you know, a good employer, and they've got key criteria, normally, that criteria that they're looking for for a job will be on the job description, under, you know, what we're looking for, or, um, or person specification, sometimes it's called, isn't it? Exactly. Job description, person specification, the language changes, but really it's similar information. They're essentially saying this is what the job will entail on a day to day basis. These are the kind of roles and responsibilities you'll have. These are the kind of skills or competencies that we're looking for. And when it comes to those kind of skills and competencies that we're looking for, quite often that is what you'll be assessed against throughout the recruitment process. So if you're spotting things like communication, teamwork, resilience, agility, then you know that those are criteria that you're likely going to be assessed against throughout the re- uh, the recruitment process. So those are really the key words and key examples that you want to be getting across. So say you've, we're looking for someone who's de- who's a really fantastic team member, then then in your application, in your CV, in your video interview, whatever it is, you want to be communicating times that you can evidence when you're an effective part of a team how you are effective part of a team how do you contribute to your team how do you see that you as a as a person you're not an individual actually your work contributes to an overall goal and so if you if one of you fails in your team then you all fail so how do you support other members of your team all of those kind of skills are what we're looking for so what I would say to candidates is is always go through a job description person specification really carefully highlight those keywords. But also go and go and speak to your careers advisors. You know, again, they know what 
to look for as well because they speak to employers all the time they speak to recruitment specialists all the time so again they can also provide you with support in terms of trying to identify what criteria or competencies or skills someone is looking for but also I would also say you know pick up the phone and call a recruiter call an employer because quite often they might even have what we could call what we call like um, a competency matrix so some some recruiters and graduate programs will actually have the competencies that they're looking for from their graduates publicly available it might even be an attachment on the advert so look out for those kind of things because quite often employers give you a huge amount of information in terms of what they want from you it's just about finding it identifying it and then tailoring your application to really demonstrate it Mm, that's really good and yeah like sometimes you get a lot of information on their websites as well you can have a look at and it's interesting you saying about keywords because I I see students a lot and they say can you check over my CV or an application form sometimes it could just it might not be that a company might not be asking for a CV they may want an application form and a supporting statement but regardless, they say, can you check over it for this particular job? And I look at the job advert and the job description and the person specification, and I look at what they're asking for. And quite often they are missing those key words, the, the things that the, an employer is asking for, because it might be communication skills, it might be teamwork. And quite often students say, oh, well, I, I just assume that they would they would they would assume that I've got that skill based on my experience. And I always say, don't assume anything. <laughs> you have to explicitly say and name, you know, name that that skill and how you have it, like you were saying. Um, and actually, if a CV is put through an applicant tracking system, it will be those same keywords that they're scanning for, aren't they? Yeah, most likely to try to pull out those prime examples. You know, uh, AI will be getting information from a person in terms of what they're looking for, the skills, the experience they're looking for, which will then be feeding into this ATS and will be then scanning a CV in the same way that when I'm looking through a CV and I have competencies of teamwork, of communication, of resilience, of flexibility, you know, I'll be looking for those keywords and then examples that also actually evidence it. Because what I also see sometimes on, on CVs is a bullet point of, I have teamwork skills, I have communication skills, which, which, which again, you can understand. I always say, you know, you only know what you know. And actually, a lot of people are still learning a huge amount about CVs. So it's okay to get it wrong. It's about learning from those experiences where you haven't got through an application process, mm-hmm. thinking, why might that be? Going to see your careers advisor. You know, I'm aware that recruiters often don't have the time or the capacity to feedback at those earlier stages. Um, so therefore, use your the resources that you do have at your disposal to learn where you've gone wrong and how you can improve yeah you know that's a really critical part of of the learning and development process um but you know so yes so highlighting those key skills and competencies but evidencing them is really key and then I would always just say it's it's making it as clear and concise as possible so imagine you're a recruiter and you have a minute to go through a CV because you have hundreds of CVs to score and you have two days to to score them and then get them through to the next process, okay? So how can you as a candidate make it as easy as possible for me as a recruiter to see that you have got the key skills for the job so that I can then tick it through and progress you? That's what we're looking for. So if you are kind of making it really convoluted, mm. if you're adding in loads of graphics and images that may make it look really pretty, but actually make it really hard for me as a recruiter to extract that information, that's really difficult for me. That's much more time consuming for me as a recruiter. And sometimes you're actually 
not getting the key information across as a result. So I always just say to, to graduates, imagine that you have got 60 seconds to scour through your app, your, your CV. You know, are you getting that key information across this, that's outlined in the job description or the person specification? And if you're not, go to your career service and ask them for advice on how to best do it. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And I, yeah, thank you for the plug for the career service as well. Always good. <laughs> <laughs> always. I didn't use my career service as much as I could. And then I've ended up working in careers or adjacent to careers. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I use my career service? They're so brilliant. There's so much information and tools and resources. So everybody, please go book an appointment with your careers advisor. <laughs> Thank you for that plug. Um, excellent. So, so yeah, we're looking at making it easy to read, um, scannable for a human or AI, whether it's the same kind of thing. Um and, and providing that evidence. So avoiding that list of, you know, right. the skill, communication, teamwork, working under pressure, just that generic list and actually giving evidence to that and using those examples. Now, what sort of examples can students use? So I know obviously we think about work experience and work, um, but other things that they could be using, drawing upon to show that experience. What have you seen students write about that you thought, oh, that's that's really great. That's really interesting. That's a really good question. I think, so one of the things that we see for teamwork, for example, quite often in the recruitment process is students talking about, you know, one time I was in a group project at university. Now, we understand because that's that's a prime example of teamwork, but actually quite often it's not the most creative example that you could use. And actually a huge amount of people have been in part of teams. You know, you could be volunteering at a variety of organizations. You could be working in a cafe job. You know, you could be um, part, of a, part of a team, you know, at, at school or at college or, or whatever. You know, really thinking about a variety of examples. Quite often university students, I think, do just use university examples but actually think about other jobs that you've done other volunteering opportunities you've done other teams you've been part of sporting teams um whatever it might be to really draw on different examples to show those variety of skills so I think it's about drawing on a yeah like I said drawing on a variety of experiences I also encourage people I think a lot of people focus on their academic studies and that's really important but actually I always say to people you know get a part-time job because actually you know you gain so many skills and experience one you can earn money which is great <laughs> but but actually you gain really valuable skills and experience that then when you're going into the workplace is really critical in terms of demonstrating that variety of skills mm-hmm. you know actually academia is wonderful but it it can be limited in terms of providing examples that a recruiter is looking for in terms of, you know, that teamwork, mm. that resilience. So I think, again, drawing on not just academic examples is really key. That's often one of the things I would say that we see a lot of is just university or academic examples. But actually, we want to see a variety. Again, it's about saying, you know, a recruiter doesn't know you. It doesn't know your skills, your strengths. So identify what are those skills what are those strengths have that conversation with yourself with another person what things do I do that you think are really interesting what things you know ask someone we always say an exercise is ask a friend or ask a parent or a peer you know what three words would you use to describe me um and and doing those kind of activities to really draw out where your strengths and your skills are can be a really effective way of finding good examples to then demonstrate that to a recruiter 
in a recruitment process. Yeah, excellent. And I think if if there's students who are listening, kind of going, oh, I don't have a part-time job, I don't do much, then start doing stuff, <laughs> you know, whether it is a part-time job or being, you know, um, there's roles within universities, you can be student ambassadors, you can be student reps, you can join a society, have a responsibility in a society, um, volunteer with organisations, get involved in the student union. There's so much you can be doing on offer while at university, isn't there? Absolutely. And I would say, so I am a volunteer director for a not-for-profit. It's an unpaid role. But in terms of the experience that actually I've gained professionally, you know, I've been running a large-scale annual event and managing a team of 20 people that live and work all over the country and working with a variety of stakeholders and funders and that's that's a really huge thing and that's voluntarily you know that's not a paid job and you're doing that even as a as a professional aren't you this isn't you're not a student (laughs) I'm not a student I think I think I always encourage people to volunteer because I think it's for your community actually you know we need more people to be involved in our community but also you get so much back from it not just in terms of you know human satisfaction from supporting other people but also in terms of the skills and the skills that you can develop that will then really inform your careers going forward you might also find something that you love that you didn't know you know there's a huge amount I'm very aware there's a huge amount of people out there who are studying a degree who will be really focused on doing really well in that degree but that degree might not have been as great as they necessarily thought it was it might not have actually suited them as much as they thought it was and it might not have a really obvious career out kind of uh, output so then explore different things again it's you know there are so many different roles within your university within your local community that you can do that you can absolutely manage around your academic um commitments you can absolutely manage that and again for us as a recruiter if we see that you're a graduate or a student who has done a job a part-time job alongside their degree alongside some volunteering that tells me so much about your ability to manage your time effectively to work with teams you know to to deliver on your roles and responsibilities to be resilient to um you know to manage multiple multiple tasks you know again that's telling the recruiter really, really important information about you. So again, I really encourage, I really encourage you, obviously academics, academic, your kind of academic career is incredibly important and doing well in your degree is really important, but also thinking about, you know, university is not just about your degree. There's so many other things at your, at your disposal so when you are a student yeah. um, that it's really important to get involved in. And again, as a recruiter, you'll develop really valuable skills from doing that. Great advice. So making the most of your time and then reflecting that in your CV, or like we said before, if it's, if, if it's not a CV, it'll be an application form or during the video interview, using those experiences and pr- again, providing that evidence of what they're asking for. Really, really important. Um, let's just come back a little bit to the format of a CV. We kind of touched on it, but in terms of a CV, one page, two pages, what what do you see typically and what do you prefer? So I, I, I get asked this question a lot when I'm doing face-to-face uh, workshops with students and the honest answer is I don't care <laughs> as long as I'm getting the key information that I need in order to, to progress you. As you said earlier, you know, recruiters will give you often the information that they need you to know and it's about reading that information. Some 
um, employers will say, I want a one page CV. And so then you have to have a page, a one page CV. And that's, that's hard work. And I appreciate that that is hard work. It's a lot of, um, you know, you're having to try and find a way to make your work experience, your professional experience, your um, academic experience, very, very concise. Um, but while still evidencing, you know, evidencing the the skills. So I appreciate that that's a, that can be a real challenge. But if that's what a recruiter is asking from you, that's what you need to do. Again, go to your careers advisors for CV advice when it comes to that. But but typically with a CV, I would say, you know, one page or two is fine as long as you're formatting the information in a way that's clear for me as a recruiter to read. Again, it the formatting thing really varies from recruiter to recruiter, but I would say that most people just want to know, have you got the skills and the experience in order for me to progress you through to the next stage? Do you have the required degree if there is one? Do you have a driver's license if it's necessary? Do you have those teamwork, the communication, those resilience, those self-awareness skills? And 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 what's a really brief, concise example of that? Have I got your key personal information? Have you done a, a kind of a really concise, really to the point, personalized brief introduction or, or kind of overview at the beginning? All of those kind of things is the same advice that careers advisors will be giving to students. It's, it, it is exactly the same. It's it's making your CV as clear to read, as concise and as tailored and personalized as possible. So whether that is one page or two page really doesn't matter. It's about the content and making it as easy to read as possible. Yeah. And some people use tables or four, like columns. Um, they use sometimes templates. Um, and I know with some, again, because you've talked about with early careers, often the screening tool on applicant tracking systems, they aren't always used um but potentially more experienced roles maybe some mature students might be applying for experience roles if an applicant tracking system and the screening is used for that then it can be good to think about the format and being just mindful that some applicant tracking systems from what i understand they don't always columns and tables don't always bode well with those systems um, sometimes but again even that varies doesn't it absolutely it, it I, again it varies employer to employer and, and as we said so when when it comes to ATSs and to that kind of CV screening um, from our experience and speaking to kind of colleagues in the sector it is often more senior roles where they might be using AI to, to score essentially because it's actually easier to draw out key technical skills or knowledge or experience at that stage that actually is slightly harder with uh, graduate careers when it's kind of an early careers slightly more non-linear and slightly more kind of skills based and I suppose examples of those kind of slightly slightly broader skill sets um again I would say that the majority of CVs I've seen when there have been columns and tables haven't been as easy to read as when there are headings and bullet points personally and I would say most of my colleagues feel the same occasionally I've come across a CV where it's they have used columns and it's really it looks really smart the information's really clear and 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 it works really well but actually typically I would say that they can hinder my ability to to score a candidate clearly and quickly um so personally I I think um simple is best again it's just about mm. getting that key information across to the recruiter in a really short amount of time that they have to go through your application. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree, like some some CVs with columns are okay, but they tend to be the ones that maybe have got very simplistic kind of information in one of the columns and then the bulk of it in the main 
the main section it's when for me when I'm reading two columns with loads of information and I'm like I don't know where my eye should go <laughs> I don't know where to read um so that's why I prefer that kind of more of a simple CV yeah absolutely I think myself and majority of my colleagues who run large-scale recruitment campaigns where we're screening you know hundreds of CVs would say would say the same we just want to know the key information and be able to score that as quickly as and effectively as possible and you talked about bullet points which can be really useful to make it very clear rather than large chunks of writing absolutely you know ultimately it's just if there's really dense text it's just it's harder to pull out the key information again that we're needing in order to progress candidates you know it is it is I often say, and not to reduce the process, but it is often a bit like a tick box exercise. You know, we have a list of the criteria that's offered, that's called a scoring matrix that we're often having to look at and mark your CV against to see if you have got the skills and the experience that is needed in order for us to progress you. So quite often it is a bit of a tick box exercise. So again, if that information is headed, emboldened, you've got the keywords emboldened, and then you've got the a bullet point of kind of a really brief, really concise example of where you demonstrated that, that for me is amazing. It's so much easier to be able to go through and just hi- identify that you have highlighted those key skills. Mm. It's just, it's always bearing in mind, someone is going to be reading through lots and lots, you know, hundreds of CVs, make it easier for them, make life easier. Exactly. Think like a recruiter. That's what we always say. That's imagine it from our perspective. Here's what we are looking for. And here's how you can do that. So, you know, think like a recruiter. Imagine that you are looking at your CV, you're a recruiter, you've got the key criteria or skills that are outlined in the job description, and you need to try and tick that off. Can you do that for your CV? I think that's a really quick easy exercise for anyone listening to this to to do and see okay have I made this easy for a recruiter to progress me it'd be good to wrap wrap it up with a few mistakes you often see that um, students or graduates make when they're applying so are there specific mistakes that you kind of see and think oh no not again (laughs) so I was running a workshop quite recently in Liverpool and um and I got asked this question and we were talking to to the students, we were saying, you know, lots of students, lots of graduates say that they haven't heard back from employers, they've had numerous rejections, they're just not having that much luck. And then I ask them, how many of you have used the same CV to apply to multiple jobs? And most people in the room put their hands up. And that's it right there, really. The biggest thing that I can advise students and graduates when they are creating a CV is to tailor it to the job that they're applying for, to the company they're applying for, personalise it. Because as recruiters, I've seen seen CVs where it's been for another job has been in the header, you know, it's, (laughs) I know how difficult it is. I've been in, I've been in the market, you know, when you've been applying for jobs and you don't hear back and it's, and it's really tough. And I appreciate that, you know, it is really hard when you're not hearing it back. So again, it's, it's about thinking about the key things that will really help you try to, do better and 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 have as little rejection as possible because rejection is inevitable it's an inevitable part of the recruitment process and I always say that actually it's a really key part of the learning process when it comes to applying for jobs as well and that's okay it's about learning from it so I suppose to kind of flip your question around slightly and rather than talk about the mistakes I'll kind of flag the things that I think are really essential um for for graduates and students to think about so what I would say is look at jobs that fit with your values, that fit with your interests and, and, and 
and some of your experience. But I think that those values and interests are really important because actually then, again, when you're tailoring that application, you'll have some really great examples that actually apply to this job and you'll have a real genuine desire to work for this job and you're not going to be faking or lying in order to kind of make your experience fit with a job which again we often can tell when when that's happening so I I always encourage people look for those you know look for those values look for those interests read the kind of the day-to-day roles and responsibilities does that actually interest you you know and try to apply for the jobs that genuinely interest you Another thing that I would say is, again, just tailor your application, do some research into the company you're applying for and include some of that research in your application, whether that is in that paragraph at the top of your CV, if they're just asking for a CV or whether it's in a cover letter. Basically, research equals passion is what we always say. So if an employer wants to see that you're passionate about the job or the sector, do the research and prove it and go beyond the website. Look beyond just the website go on the LinkedIn, read some articles, read some profiles, have a look at their recent strategy review or their recent kind of diversity and inclusion policy, you know, have a look at those those key things. I would say be honest and be realistic about your skills. Again, graduate recruiters aren't looking for everything or the whole package. So again, it's about pulling out what really key things are they looking for and and absolutely do not lie on your CV don't want to be lying don't want to be lying and actually I used to work for a company prospects who who would who would work around degree fraud and actually it is a thing it is fraudulent if you lie on your CV that's a really key thing for graduates to know because you know it is quite common as well um so just just do avoid that format clearly and check your spelling there are multiple spelling and grammar errors that to me says that you don't have attention to detail And kind of the final really key piece is actually you'll have far more success with fewer really well-researched applications than with a really high volume of one standard CV, one-click applications with a generic CV that you kind of just throw out to hundreds of different jobs. Actually, you're more likely to get rejection that way than you are if you spend more time researching really thoroughly, tailoring that application for a job that actually interests you and I know it's more time consuming it is more time consuming and and then it can be even more frustrating when you don't get it but actually your your chances of getting through to those next stages will be far far higher than those one click application processes yeah brilliant that is all such such useful information and advice um and yeah, I, I, get, I agree. I see it quite often where students will say, I haven't heard back. And then you, you realise that they're sending the same CV to 100 companies, not tailoring it. And you just think, oh, that's that's probably why. And I urge all students and graduates, and actually, even if you're professionals, anyone <laughs> to do that. It doesn't really matter who you are, just to, to tailor, to take that time over those applications. Thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate you coming on um, and to talk about your experience and I think it's brilliant to hear from a recruiter's perspective because you are the person well one of the people who are looking through CVs and applications so um, it's so useful just to hear from your perspective absolutely some do's and don'ts and you know how to really optimize your chances of getting to that next stage so yeah thank you so much I really appreciate it thank you for having me thank you for listening today Please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes.